0: Welcome to manager tools. Today's topic calendar management details chapter two priorities in the morning. Here we go. Well, today we're going to give folks some guidance on proactively scheduling time for your key responsibilities in the morning versus the afternoon or early evening when quote unquote, everybody's gone, right? Yeah,
1: that's the the whole everybody's gone thing, right? Yes. I'll do it. I got one thing to get done today. I intend to get it done. I'm going to go in. I'm going to get it done. And then you, you get in the maelstrom of day-to-day life at the office and you don't get it done. And then you like you keep putting it off and go, no, nope, no, nope, I can't. You know, 2 o'clock, 4 o'clock. And then you say, no, nope, I'm fine. I'll get it done at the end of the day. And then... As we've shared with many people before, we have videotape managers at their desk between four and five and six and seven in the evening, and nothing gets done of any value then. It's like zombie land, and it's just not, it's just not effective. Yeah. Even though everybody's gone and you make it interrupted less, the fact is you're brain dead, um, and it doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, like most of us, and I include myself in there sometimes, um, we're terrible at managing time.
1: Well, yeah. Part of the reason you're terrible at managing time, and I am too, is because time doesn't need us to manage it. And time <laughs> right. doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> respond well to manage. It tends to keep, keep right on going, whether we manage the stuffing out of it or not.
0: Yeah. I tell it to slow down. It doesn't. <laughs> yeah. These days, I tell it to slow down. I used to, when I was younger, say I wanted it to speed up, but <laughs> yeah. it didn't do either.
1: <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. And what that means is we think about managing time and we forget that what we should be doing is managing our priorities. And as we mentioned, for many of us as managers, we think about scheduling our time. Or scheduling our priorities, but we do it at the end of our days because we have people working for us and we have to be available for them. And if you're going to do it at the end of your day, you're going to do it poorly or you're not going to get it done at all. And there's a better way. And that's what this cast is about. We have four recommendations for what really effective professionals do in terms of being assertive even aggressive or at least if nothing else proactive regarding scheduling the priorities first thing they do is they know they have to schedule time proactively they actually put their priorities on their calendar your calendar is not just a meeting receptacle second thing they do is they tend to put that time in the morning rather than the afternoon for all kinds of reasons it just you're more effective then number three they tend not to schedule longer than 90 minutes unless it's a meeting that goes a lot longer Uh, And yes, sometimes when you're scheduling time for your priorities, it's not time alone. It could be very well a meeting that's necessary to move your priority, your workload, your task accomplishment on a priority forward. And then last thing, it is okay to schedule alone time, but you have to honor it. Too many people schedule time for themselves to do something and then don't get it done and actually use that scheduled time as a sort of a, a bin for stuff that they didn't get done the rest of the day. And that's not that doesn't make any sense. That that's that's making it look like you're doing what you're supposed to do, and, in fact, not doing it. Why bother?
0: Yeah, you know we've talked about this before, but the you know priorities um, and scheduling time for priorities, and 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 unfortunately for a lot of us, priorities get procrastinated on quite a bit. Right? They're they're generally harder to do than the yeah. day-to-day smaller things. They require more more focus more energy they they require more creative talents they, they they're just harder to do and the things that are not the priorities the smaller things they're easier to get done they take less time uh, right it, we get to uh, meet a deadline and feel yeah, good about it it and, feels good right and cross yeah. it off our list or take it off the pile and so we do those small things we get this like we get a, a immediate sense of satisfaction and the priorities Don't get done and they linger and they go on and on and and we're not as effective as we could be. Well look, that's one of the reasons
1: you and I like getting things done, David Allen. And folks, if you don't know, if we if you've not listened to us before, please, one of our favorite books is David Allen's book, Getting Things Done. It can be a little bit of a tough hill to climb, but it's absolutely worth it. It is a it's really one of the most important business books that's been written in the last twenty years. Uh, And it's about individual productivity. So if you're a life hacker kind of person, although I suspect if you're a life hacker kind of person, you know about GTD. But what what Alan teaches is you've got these big projects. And what people do, you and I have seen it, right? People make checklists, Mike. They got a to-do list for the day. And they got 15 things on there. And those things have varying levels of specificity. Like one is check with Wendy that X got done. Well, that's just me calling her or texting her. The other thing is figure out Q4 revenue planning. Well, <laughs> well I can't text that. Right. And what at David Allen, what GTD teaches us is coming up with a next action. Don't put down schedule Q4 or Q4 planning. Ask yourself, what are the tasks that are involved in that and do the next task and put that task on your to-do list, your next action, if you will, on a given uh, project um, put that on your to-do list next to checking with Wendy that something got done, right? Those big things tend not to get done. What When you see people on their checklist, they've got all these things checked off, and you're like, wow, you got a lot done today. But the two things that aren't checked are the big things. And what's unfortunate is the big things are where the value is. And all the time spent checking off the little things that make us feel good, it's like candy. It's nice, it's good, it gives you a sugar high, but in the long run, it's really not good for you or for the organization, Now, transfer that over to how we think about time and the the most common avatar or icon or concept around time in in an organization is a calendar. And look, guys, let's admit it. Most of us manage our calendars poorly. Okay, And Mike and I have been doing this for a long time. We see two errors over and over again that dwarf all the others in terms of the mistakes we make, everybody tends to make relative to their calendars. First, Probably eighty percent, and that's a totally unscientific number, but mike you might you might say it's higher i, I yeah I, yeah it's,
0: <laughs> okay ninety five per cent I think you're being kind that's okay, yeah, okay. because then there's, did you,
1: did you just say i was being kind can we I can we record that can we I didn't get that. Can you say that again? (laughs) It wasn't true. It's not true. Okay. There we go. Yeah, good. Um, Most professionals, 80 90%, simply see their calendars as an electronic way to keep track of meetings. It's literally a meeting identification device and a meeting receptacle. And if we look at those people's calendars, what we see is meetings. And by the way, that's not what calendars are for, right? The other thing we see on many, many, many calendars which is a big problem is calendars being used reactively. In other words, the calendar is the place where you find out what other meetings other people are expecting you to go to. That's why people hate calendars the way they hate email because email, every email, I wrote this recently in a note to somebody that, that every email you send requires work for somebody else. And hopefully that's a reason to cut down on email. Well, email and calendar are both places where you can have, it's an inbox, it literally becomes an inbox that people begin to hate. Um, And so if you have that initial response, with your calendar. And if you're a young person just starting out and you don't have the ability to control or you don't know that you can assert yourself relative to your calendar, the calendar that the, the organization allows you to have and shares, which for most people tends to be Microsoft Outlook, which I still miss to this day. It's one of the best pieces of software I ever use. If you learn when you're 22, 23, 24, 25, even 26, 27, that, that your calendar is the place where other people schedule your time, you begin to feel passive about your calendar. And that causes you to be reactive. And it's a it's a fundamental shift to say, I'm going to be proactive. My calendar is mine. That time goes away if I don't use it for the things that I need to use it for. And I'll tell you, I probably shouldn't share this story, but I'll, I'll keep it anonymous. I have a good friend who's a cancer survivor. And he said, nobody messed with my calendar after I was worried about losing my life. He said, I don't know why I didn't assert myself before, but now I know why. He says, I don't tell people. It's because I almost died. But I'm telling you, you ain't messing with my calendar anymore. My calendar is sacred because I was worried that I didn't have very many days left. Mm. Uh, and and he, he would tell you, he says, I'm not a big-time executive. He's not. He's a very successful middle manager, a senior manager. Maybe he's a director by now. But he would tell you, he said, if I had known what I know now about my ability to assert myself on my calendar, if I knew that when I was twenty-two, he said I'd be running this show. And it's a, you know, it's probably an 800, 900 hundred billion $900 million dollar company, so it's not small. And he just said, you know, I was passive about it. People gave me stuff to do. I would I would do go to the places I was supposed to go. And then I got sick and I realized I can't do that anymore. If this is my life, I'm gonna have some say. You don't have to have a lot of say. You just simply have to cross the line from reactive to proactive. And folks, I promise you, of the two, of the meeting receptacle and reactivity, reactivity is the worst. If we're always just using our calendars as places where people can schedule our time and not as a resource allocation tool, not as a place where you allocate the tool, the I'm sorry, the resource of your time, the most precious resource you have because you don't get it back. You're never going to catch up with the deluge of tasks and responsibilities that organizations just seem to create like as as if it's sweat. It just
0: happens. And even if you do manage your calendar as a resource allocation tool, the fact is, dude, you still still won't get all your tasks and responsibilities completed. Good point. It just doesn't happen. The only question is which ones are going to get done. Right. And this is, I think this is a revelation when I talk to people, when people ask at conferences
1: or when I'm with clients and they say, Hey, tell me about this or that. When we start talking about time and priorities and managing one's ca- calendar and, and, and of course, we'll hopefully we'll put a plug in there for family at some point. It is astounding to people when, the, when they realize for the first time they ask about time management, somebody asks, and we're like at the end, at the end of a conference, right? We do open Q and a, and they say, you know, what should I do about this? And we say, look, we ask you, raise your hand. If you get all your work done every day. And not only does no hand go up ever, everyone laughs. Yeah. Like, of course that's a joke. No one gets a And so by definition, what you're proving is, if no one gets everything done every day, everyone has stuff left over at the end of the day. In other words, by definition, you're leaving stuff undone. At that moment, when you get that, The executive, the effective professional, and by the way, there are plenty of effective professionals who are not executives, but if you continually perform as an effective professional, you're going to have to resist becoming an executive because they're going to want you to become if you're in an organization that wants to grow. Every effective professional, the moment they get that, that there's work left undone every day and that therefore they go, okay, which work do I want to be undone? Now, some of it might be, I just want to stay out of my bo- – I want to stay in my boss's good graces, so I'm going to do the two or three things that she wants me to do. But the fact is, the moment you realize the stuff that gets undone that stays undone is the stuff that I might get in trouble for, what do I want to get in trouble for? What is it that I'm willing – If if I get A done and not B, which is better for me? And in other words, if I get A done, is A more important or less important than B? If A is more important and I get it done – and I get praise for that, but I also get in trouble for B not getting done, then that's a good situation. If A is more important and I leave A undone and my boss hammers me because something that was important didn't get done, am I going to say to my boss, well, but I got B done? The unimportant thing? I mean,
0: you're crazy, right? That would just cause him to yell louder. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I didn't get I didn't get the, 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 the budget done for the next the next year. But, yeah. I, but I but I did make that call to the guy over accounting about that invoice. Yeah, and I did I did plan the Christmas party, so I just want you to know yeah.
1: you, you should totally give me credit for that. Yeah, I'll give yeah. you credit. But here's the thing. When I when I give that analogy of A and B, and which one's more important? A is more important, B's not. People like, well, Mark, the reason I don't do that is because I want to get both A and B done. And I said, two minutes ago, you answered the question that you don't get everything done. You know you leave work undone. It's a fact. The only question is what is done and what is undone because no one in the world is getting everything done every day. And people really struggle with that. I think it's a cognitive dissonance for folks. And the moment you start realizing that you're allocating that resource of time and the moment you realize that everything is not going to get done. Suddenly you realize there are priorities and I've got to figure out how to allocate time to get those priorities done. And they, you know, effective people know they can't get it all done. So they choose what they believe is most valuable and they're willing to get in trouble for the stuff that's less valuable. And the moment you start doing that, inevitably, if you think logically about yourself as a a task accomplishment engine, you're going to end up the way effective professionals are. You're going to start thinking well in advance about your calendar, and you're going to start putting time on your calendar regularly. So that if you stick to your plan, which is your calendar, your calendar is your 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 totem, if you will, for your plan. It's a proxy for your plan. You're going to accomplish your most important things. So here's our recommendation. I've gone on too long, and I apologize, Mike, but. But if you get this theory, you're going to end up where we're recommending whether you agree with this in principle not now or not. So, folks, what we're recommending is sit down once a week and think about your next two weeks at work. By the way, usually this happens Sunday night for many people, not all. Some people do it on Wednesdays but and Thursdays and Fridays, but the majority of people I know and Mike knows. We tend to do it Sunday night. In fact, people think of themselves as having a a five-and-a-half-day work week because I have talk talked to executives. You know, I I generally, if I have a call to make on Sunday, I wait till 7 o'clock on Sunday night because if I call at 2 in the afternoon, they're probably with their family. But at 7 o'clock at night, and guys, I hate to say this, I hate to burst people's bubbles, but this is the fact as I understand them in the world that I live in. They've already started divorcing themselves from their family and thinking about their work week. They've already started the process of ginning themselves up And for many of them, it means looking at their calendar. And what happens is if you start looking at your calendar on Sunday for this week, you're going to discover pretty quickly. And we have a cast for this later on come out, I'm sure, in the next six months. You're going to end up starting looking at the next week. And the reason that happens is, and um, Mike, I know I'm going on long, but this is too good a story. I started working with executives when I started realizing that the guys who wanted to be executives needed to learn this skill before anything else. And then they need to learn about how important people are uh, but that's a whole nother series of casts obviously this when they learn this what happens is this i'd say okay show me your calendar and we would do this over the phone before we could share calendars and i would say what are you doing walk me through your calendar for the week and i'd say okay we don't have priority b or priority c on there we got to get it on there and we ended up putting a lot of stuff on the calendar on thursdays and a guy asked me once what's so special about Thursdays that you end up scheduling me with a lot of priority stuff? And I said, there's nothing special about Thursdays. It's just that by the time we get to Sunday night, your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday are booked. And the first time you have some daylight in your calendar is Thursday. The moment you have that revelation as you do this process is when you start thinking, I'm going to start thinking two weeks out, and you're going to start putting priorities on your calendar because you probably can't affect Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You're going to start putting your calendars on your, on your uh, priorities on your calendar for the following Monday, eight or nine days, Monday or Tuesday after the Sunday you're planning, because then you'll have still gaps in your calendar and you can start filling up your calendar with priorities earlier in the week.
0: Yeah, huge, huge results as a result of that. Exactly. And
1: I, and I I do this and it, and, and Wendy or Mattel, my assistant, they get, they get notes saying, change this, change this, change this. I didn't pay attention to my calendar enough. And my calendar is not reflective of the things I need to do this week. So ask yourself folks, when you're sitting there, whether it's Sunday night or not, you, you could, frankly, you could do it Tuesday morning at the office. If you want, what are your top two, three, four priorities? Are they on your calendar? whether it's reviewing for where you are in a particular project or ideation or writing or creation or analysis or research or customer contacts, or even having a meeting. You can have a meeting in the middle of your priorities session or even team building. And if they're not on there, if you don't have your priorities on your calendar, it's a pipe dream to believe you're going to get them done. And what you'll do is you'll wait until time is working against you, and when time is working against you in the form of deadlines, quality suffers. And you don't want quality to suffer on your most important priorities.
0: You talk about putting you know time on our calendar for our priorities, so we all get that, I think. And your second point was put it on your calendar in the morning. Now, why why is that so so yeah. important? You're, look, it's it's
1: simple. I mean, if nothing else, we can just go back to biology one hundred and one. The vast majority of folks. In the world are sharper in the morning mentally and physically if it's important folks and we have the choice of when we're going to do it and that's what our calendar is it's a resource allocation tool time being the resource let's not face that important thing when we're tired or for that matter stressed or worse both right and by the way we've talked before about the value of stress we believe stress in a workplace is good because we know at manager tools there are two types of stress you stress That's EU and then the word stress and distress. What most people say is the word distress has simply become shortened to stress. Whenever we talk about stress, it's negative. But in fact, there are stresses that are good. But what we're talking about here is distressed at the end of the day. And you're frustrated and you're tired and you're angry about something that didn't go well. Now, look, we admit there are some folks who are hitting their strides in the afternoon, but they're rare and they're much more rare than they think they are. (laughs) Mental and physiological sharpness go hand in hand. Mike and I went to the Academy and there's a thing there called the whole person that you have to be fit. And the reason why is because your body is the, is the mechanical device that carries your brain around and your brain is what is so valuable to the world. And that there's a Latin phrase for that men's sauna in corpore sauna, which means healthy mind in a healthy body. And the point of that is keep your body healthy because a healthy body will help your mind stay healthy. Okay. And the fact is stuff that's scheduled late in the day, Is more likely to not just not get done because we're tired, we don't make an initial progress, and we put it off till tomorrow. And every single one of you who's listened has done that to themselves and their calendar and the people around them. And we're just telling you, don't bother. It doesn't work, so stop doing it.
0: (laughs) The whole, you know, mental, physical thing, that's that's something we control. But there's a there's a number of reasons that mornings are better for reasons that we have no control over, right? I mean, like, you know, afternoon meetings are Much more likely to be trumped, right? Your boss calls you and said, hey, I just got out of the meeting with the CEO. We need to solve this particular problem Come down to my office, right? And that 90 minutes or whatever time you set aside for that priority just vanishes, right? And afternoons are much more likely to be trumped. Right. And I did this poorly for years in
1: my career. I thought mornings and afternoons were equal. I tend to be a high-energy person. And I, I didn't learn it until I started working with executives and managers and started paying attention to how other people behave. And so I learned it because I had to help other people. And then I realized I was crap at it. And it was embarrassing. Like, geez, why did I ever think that I could schedule something at 3 30 in the afternoon and be <laughs> sharp? I'm not. I'm not. And, I, and look, I, I can stay up until midnight and I can be up at five in the morning and I can work my tail off. And I don't care, you know you think you're Superman, but you're not and and it's dumb i mean I, I and I was embarrassed that and I felt bad like, why am I coaching him when I'm not doing it and i I try to put my house in order a little bit, yeah, afternoons tend to be sloppier. You talk to a researcher who pays attention to culture and they'll say, "Yeah, stand in this place in this building at ten thirty in the morning and feel the vibe, and then you stand there at three thirty in the afternoon and feel that vibe and you don't have to be a genius to know it feels different, yeah. And that feeling is not the building's air conditioning. That's the people and how loud they're talking, how fast they're talking, how crisp they're behaving. And that makes a difference. And yeah, there are some people who can say, I'm going to go in my office, I'm going to close the door, I'm going to spend a minute meditating, and I'm going to be super sharp. And we admire you. And you're rare. (laughs) I don't know that many people that good.
0: I've never studied this. I I bet you, though, if you did a study, you'd find that meetings that are scheduled to say 10 o'clock in the morning are much more likely to start on time and finish on time than meetings scheduled at 3.30 in the afternoon.
1: Just a guess. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Afternoons are simply less reliably crisp in terms of the rhythms of the workplace. And one of the rhythms of the workplace is do meetings start and finish on time. Absolutely. Totally agree there.
0: I think there's one other thing there, too, as well. If you you schedule that, that priority in the morning, And say something does come up, emergency comes up, you got to go see your boss. And, you know, that time is taken away from you, so to speak. Well, you can then reschedule it for later in the afternoon. You get a second shot. If if you had that scheduled for 430 or 530 in the the afternoon or evening and it gets canceled, then you're hosed. Right now you're talking about moving into the next day. Well, guess what? Your next day is already fully booked. And so now you're talking a week out or two weeks out. And, you know, frankly, it's it's less likely to get done. Yeah, we talk about this when we recommend some simple
1: guidance about scheduling one-on-ones. Right? Don't schedule a, your one-on-ones on Friday afternoon because, you, in terms of getting them done weekly, you're at the end of the week and you got you got no flexibility. One of the th- one of the books I loved years ago was Dale Carnegie. I, I I call it his second book. It may not be called "How to Stop Worrying and Stop and Start Living." And in the, one of the first few chapters, one of the things he says is, "Live your life in watertight compartments." Meaning, today is the day. And you get done what you can today. Don't worry about tomorrow because where like a rocking chair, it gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. And I'm going to do today. And And once I'm done with today, I'm going to close the door on today because there's nothing I can do about what's already happened. And, and I think that that is a, particularly good skill of executives if they walk in and they say, and and I'm using executives as a proxy for highly effective professionals, but there are young people and all people, all levels of the organization of organizations who are good at this. They say, if there are two things I'm going to get done today, by gosh, I'm going to get them done. And they do. And and what we find is so often they get them done in the morning simply because they know, you know, one time out of 10, their morning's going to get blown up. And if that's the case, then they will absolutely get them done in the afternoon. But stuff happens. And if you think, I'll get it done at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and then your day blows up, it's not going to get done. And you're going to carry it home with you, and like it or not, that's going to be one of those small downers that keeps you from being super fabulous with your family. And your family comes first anyway. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, how much time like i you know sometimes i i and i know this is wrong i know oh this is dude wrong. i know you
1: do this you know it's like
0: i i got this this priority and i know it's you know it's 16 hours worth of work And i know i can't do 16 hours in one shot but i'll schedule something for like four hours four, hours. four hour block on there you still do it you still do it i know yeah. and I'm smoking crack because it yeah <laughs> it never it works
1: scheduling yeah and and frankly i The only reason I don't do it is I just know that Wendy or Mattel or Maggie or somebody on her staff will go, oh, here's the guy who teaches this stuff. He's like, they'll call me on it. It's like, you're smoking crack, dude. But scheduling more than 90 minutes on your calendar for a task is generally ineffective because most of us can't sustain our attention much longer than 90 minutes. Some super fit people can, but I'm not so sure it helps anyway, because if in fact you can sustain three hours and you totally focus for those three hours, one thing that'll happen is you'll probably be pretty tired when you're done, but also there will be things that will be piling up during those three hours. And most of you think, I mean, email, I don't, but I just mean people needing you and so on. And 90 minutes feels more tolerable to those people around you. Look, even for meetings, when there's, a, there's an agenda that breaks the meeting down um, and there's somebody, a meeting leader or facilitator who is responsible for keeping, for, responsible for keeping our attention and focus on, the, on what we're supposed to be talking about, we still recommend in our meeting guidance, you can go find those podcasts uh, on the website, no more than 90 minutes in the morning and no more than 60 minutes in the afternoon between breaks. And look we would love at Manager Tools and Career Tools to come up with a way that you could extend those times into longer. And I do think there's something to be said for uh, energy management, which is a relatively new in the last five years field. And I need to study more about it. But generally speaking, I think energy management goes along with priority management as a balance to the stupidity of time management. But really, you can't go much longer than that with the vast majority of people simply scheduling more time for something does not increase your focus. And if your focus declines and your attention declines, you're wasting your time and you might as well choose to go to a different thing that will cause you to be fresh and you'll be more effective. And look, two to three hours, or even as Mike would suggest, four hours in the afternoon is foolhardy. You'll waste it. You'll totally waste it. And look, put more than 90 minutes, put two or three hours on your calendar unless it's a meeting that people will tend to respect and that block of time is going to be ridiculed people are going to go what the heck are you doing yeah your boss won't believe it right they say yeah. four hours Go, no nah, no nah, no nah. i'm sorry yeah. <laughs> or, or what they'll do is they'll say that maybe they'll believe it they'll go you don't need four hours you can get done in three i want an hour of that time whereas a 90 minute block will be respected a four-hour block won't be and if your boss says he wants an hour of your time he's going to get it i think most people, anyway. Well,
0: we'd recommend you give it to yeah. her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> generally speaking, to totally all things speaking. being equal. Yeah. Let's address uh, I, I think an issue a lot of folks have with, and, and I think it comes from the way people think about calendars, right? That they're they're used to schedule meetings, and so and meetings generally implies a meeting with somebody else, right? And and so when they look at scheduling alone time, thinking time, creative time, whatever, that. It feels odd, awkward uh, to schedule something on your calendar when it's only you. Yeah. And then because they feel awkward about it, they don't do it and don't get all the benefits we've talked about.
1: I think I, I think we talked about this a little bit ago, about the whole issue of how people get socialized, to organizational life. And I think this is true in small companies too, not just big companies. People come in and if you're new... The assumption is you don't know enough to control your calendar. And when I say new, I mean just starting your professional life. If you're new because you just, you're just you 45 and you're going from one directorship to another directorship, that's a completely different thing. But you're new. And you don't have the ability to control other people's calendars and you don't really have the ability to control your own. And so other people put stuff on your calendars and people learn that their calendar is a receptacle for other people requesting their time. Because why do we have an organization if not to collaborate with one another in order to produce, in order to allow specialization of labor and produce greater results than we could individually? That's why organizations exist. But unfortunately, that means that we go into the middle part of our career believing that our calendar is somewhat Not exactly out of our control, but not really our own personal tool. And I think asserting ourselves and saying, it's going to be my tool, it's going to be my resource allocation tool, time being the resource, really, really helps. That said... If you don't believe it's really your own time, then suddenly you don't feel proactive about putting things on it. So, yeah, you can schedule meetings, but golly, there's a lot of stuff that requires, you know, writing, outlines, debt creation, product research, contract reading, proofreading. Oh, God please, folks, don't try to do proofreading while you're sitting watching TV, Downton Abbey with your spouse 10 o'clock at night. You suck at it. It's really bad. Um, Delegate it to somebody who will do it during their morning. But all these things are things that require some attention and focus. And actually, I found that if it's Something like proofreading, or if it's if it's if it's reviewing my work, or something like that, I'll only do, I'll schedule a half an hour. I've actually gone to the point of saying, don't schedule ninety minutes. Schedule an hour. Whatever I had in ninety minutes, try to get done in an hour, so I can have that half hour back. The point being, you can schedule time for yourself, and don't try to fake it and make it look like a meeting. Put on your calendar: Project X review, sales report scrub, Q2 budget review, Q2 planning, whatever it is. And then do your best to honor it. In the beginning, when you do this, many of you are going to schedule it and then you're going to say, ooh, I kind of have a a filler in there. I have a little stop cap in there and I'm not, I actually have a little bit of a break. Uh, That's not what we intend though. So if you actually put time on your calendar proactively to address this, you bloody well do what your plan, your calendar says you are supposed to be doing during that time. Otherwise, as the Eagles would say, I'm afraid it's all wasted time. And no, someday you won't find that it wasn't wasted time.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: And yeah. that time, you can never get back. Yeah, that that's the preciousness. I mean, I look back on my life and, oh, I don't want to live my life over again. But every day, I think if I have a chance to reflect, I'm like, man, don't, don't waste it. There is a quote I read a number of years ago, which is, um, there are silly people in the world who wish for immortality and still find ways to get bored on a lazy Sunday afternoon. Mm. And the point of that is, don't you dare wish for more time unless you're burning through every second that you have. Make sure that the life you have, you are engaged in it fully. Um, If you're not engaged in it fully, don't complain about how little time you have. Everyone I know who's been through crises where their life was threatened are like, no, I'm not I've been there. I'm going to suck all the marrow out of life, right?
0: Yeah. I can't do anything about the last 30 years. Yeah, no, but, but I can live the next 30 years. Yeah, <laughs> a lot exactly. Yeah. The
1: next 30 years. Exactly right. So, look, wrapping up, schedule time for priorities. The, the proactivity of your calendar, folks, is critical. It's part of being an effective professional. Do it in the morning. Put that time for your key priorities in the morning. Don't give it more than 90 minutes. And it's okay to have alone time as long as you actually do the stuff you're supposed to do. And it's also okay to put meetings in there as well. The reason we don't get our priorities done is not because we have so many other things to get done. The reason we don't get our priorities done is because we do so many other things. Having things to do is not the issue. It's doing them that's the problem because that takes time. And we have all kinds of things to do. But the the real driver for too many of us, including me, often, is urgency. As opposed to the value that that a task would give to the organization. And if the big things you have to do take time or thinking or planning and it's not scheduled, it's going to be procrastinated. And quality, quality where we deliver most potential value will suffer. You don't want your key priorities to suffer in terms of the quality of attention you give them because you didn't schedule or proactively address them. That's just dumb. Put the right stuff on your calendar, the key priorities. Put it down early and be willing to get in trouble for the small stuff, the small urgent stuff, while delivering the stuff that really matters.
0: Awesome, my friend. Enjoyed it. Thanks, partner. Hey, folks, before you go, like, you wanna start somewhere? Schedule some time for your family. That's a place to start.
1: There it is, yep.
0: All right, my friend, we'll see you. bye. Thanks, partner. Thanks, everyone. Hey, if you have any questions about today's cast, Join us on the discussion forums, www.manager-tools.com slash forums. Hope to see you there. So long.